always a bigger fish. Hey everyone, welcome back to Underrated. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we feel are underrated, underappreciated, or ones that have slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Today we are going to be talking about The Grey, a 2012 survival film uh, directed by Joe Carnahan, uh, starring Liam Neeson, uh, Frank Grillo, Dermot Mulroney, uh, Dallas Roberts, uh, Joe Anderson, uh, Nanso Anunzi, and uh, James Badgedale. Uh, this film uh, was kind of a, uh, it kind of just, you know, showed up, it made a few waves, it did all right financially, it did all right critically, um, you know, it has 79% Rotten Tomatoes, made about $80 million, um, so it wasn't a failure, but it just kind of, you know, Came after up. how many Taken movies? Just to be clear. I don't know how many Taken <laughs> movies, that's the thing, oh, I'll get into that too, uh-huh. how they were like pretending this was a Taken movie pretty much. And it was not mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it, you know, it just kind of showed up and, you know, did all right and then just kind of vanished. Um, but it follows a um, group of Alaskan uh, oil drillers and um, kind of roughnecks, um, with Liam Neeson being the main character, um, a character called uh, Otway, who is basically protects the uh, camp from wolves and he snipes wolves that get, get into the camp. Um, as they're heading home or heading back to Anchorage, their plane crashes just kind of and they just a group of survivors of the plane crash are out in the Alaskan wilderness and are hunted by a pack of wolves. And this film, while being a marketed as a Taken style action film, is much more of a kind of philosophical thriller and uh, not very action. It does have a couple moments of action, but it's more of just kind of like. Uh, in the background, in the shadows, it's much more about the characters and their journeys and philosophy and touching on religious themes and philosophical stuff and just kind of the, you know, talking about characters and the right and the will to live and poetry and a bunch of other shit. Um, And it's kind of been really a movie that is, you know, been very misunderstood by both critics and audiences. And a lot of critics at the time in their kind of reviews were just like, Oh, you know what? This it well, I, there wasn't enough wolf fights and blah 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 because the trailer. These are some of the worst trailers I've ever seen in a movie where it really promises one thing to the point where the and I know we're going to talk about this where there it, the trailer ends with like the end of the movie and then goes past the end of the movie to make it seem more action oriented and apparently they shot that I guess not specifically for the trailer but pretty much so that they could seem like a more action-oriented thing um, when the movie just kind of cuts off and almost Inception-like ends with kind of just like a um, kind of open-ended thing. It just The the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be a Wolverine fucking fight at the end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's part... And that's basically because, you know, at the time, Liam Neeson was kind of just becoming this big action star when he's much more of a kind of character actor. And this film is just filled to the brim with really good character actors that I, I love a lot. I really like all of these actors. Um, but yeah, this was my pick. Um, I uh, want to get your guys' take on it though, before I go any more into it. Um, I, I liked it. 
Um, it was okay. I mean, yeah, it's definitely um, kind of a mid-range movie. I think like um, but I wasn't expect. I mean, I I went in it into it very blind. Like I knew the ending being ambiguous and 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 all that, just out of like different um countdowns and all that of like and of like you know like kind of like endings and talking about things and stuff like that. So I kind of knew the end. Um. But it did seem very much like a really um, solid, like real movie kind of thing of like of of like you were touching on like the philosophicalness of it and of and these men just kind of like essentially getting picked off. And I was not like expecting yeah, that getting that gradual being picked off by these wolves and these like at first yeah i was kind of feeling being the dog person like feeling bad for the wolves and stuff like that um but and then but then yeah you feel you kind of feel like yeah that it's not their wolf's fault but you know these people are attacking they're, and they're you feel bad for the closer to their den until the end of the movie it ends uh-huh. at the fucking and you're like oh my god of course like if they went the other way essentially yeah, if they went the other way they would have been fine you know yeah uh-huh yeah, and it's just like it's sad. Like, and I do love like all these actors. Like, I mean, I I don't know how, but it just like you know, over the course of watching so many movies, like I I I love um, Joe Anderson from you know because I I love um, across the universe, and that's where I was introduced with him. So like, yeah, him seeing him go was like the saddest part. Oh, oh apart from um, Dylan McDermott, who yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, like that I'm like, was oh, so shit. sad. Dylan McDermott's in this movie. Oh shit! <laughs> Dusty from Arrested Development. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it had very much a pretty solid cast. It was sad to see um James Badgedale go so early. Well, he's like, he never I, he's never lived through a movie ever in the history of movies. So. Well, he that's the thing is that he lived through the first thing that I watched him in in the Pacific, and I love his fucking character. That's in the not Pacific. a movie. That's a show. That's a miniseries. Oh, right. Doesn't count. He's gonna yeah. get shot in the face or have like you know. <laughs> like... I liked his show, his AMC show Rubicon too. Yeah. Um, I'm going deep in this. I I just like there's there's certain actors where like I really want them to make it and like they just kind of like yeah get yeah they show up in these like smaller things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it was it was just like it's very sad. Like it was a very mm-hmm. sad story and and it's not um, it's not a feel good movie. It's not a feel-good movie at all. But, the well, one... it kind of is. I'll get it more. Like, I think it is hopeful at the end. Yeah, yeah. The only gripe that I have is that I I didn't really care too much for Liam Neeson's character. Or, like, his his backstory. Like, I feel like, and with the flashbacks and stuff, I feel like for his, his character, there was too many flashbacks. Um, I feel like the first one at the beginning would have sufficed because the other ones didn't really add too much in my opinion like know, it was like just the stuff about his dad and then you find out like... oh no the dad thing no with his oh, wife okay. essentially well you there know, was too you, many at first you think his wife is is just broke up with them but then you find out she's dead and oh she is dead yeah. i didn't get that because you see in the final flashback with her you see her in a hospital bed oh yeah and that's what the kind of twist is you think she just left him but actually she died and that's kind of why he's like was about to commit suicide at the beginning of the movie mm. oh okay yeah so it kind of oh, gives okay. you more context like in a re it's one of those movies where like in a rewatch you're like shit this is different now okay 
I think I lost it because I was like another flashback <laughs> <laughs> with with his wife and stuff. Um, okay, then that does hit hit it bit a bit better. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Dylan McDermott part, just like with him seeing his daughter at the yeah. at, like when he ah, that was the best part. That was my like you know the most heartbreaking part. And um, like like yeah, there's just so many moments of like. Like, oh man, if you just did this, like, you know, like, cause, you know, hindsight's 2020 in these kind of like disaster mm-hmm. movie survival situ- um, situation, situational movies of, of, um, essentially like, yeah, you're like, no, don't go that way, go this way. It's like, it's similar to the same thing that happens with a horror movie mm-hmm. where you like, or you're, since you're seeing the whole picture, you kind of like, no, you go this way don't go that way or do this don't do don't don't like lollygag gag behind the group and and all that (sighs) but yeah it was it was a really good ending like uh i was okay with the kind of ambiguousness of the ending i think now knowing that okay his wife died it it's kind of i kind of feel okay if he didn't make it Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing that I felt bad if he, if he didn't make it was that you know like the memories and the all, the wallet stack of wallets like I really do, but it's in a it's in a wolf den. I don't think it'll they'll be able to find it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's the thing is like oh man, like no one's gonna like find the wallets and stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, uh, I'll throw on my two cents. I didn't rewatch this because I remember it very vividly. Because, the, and this came out, what, like, Year of Our Lord 2011? Yeah, well, 2012. It, it was like, a, at, it came out like, oh, it was like a film old? festival. Yeah, yeah. in 2011. But I, it was it actually released not... theatrically in January 2012, which is, that's another reason why I think it's got so forgotten is because, like, January is, like, the mo- the month where, like, films just go to die you know like nobody remembers january movies they just that's like the friday slot it's 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 after christmas it's way before summer it's just exactly it's the friday slot of like film releases Mm -hmm. yeah man i it feels like it was just the other day i think because of the whole liam neeson being an action star kind of every year kind of like takes away from how old like his movies are you know like taken for me like i know it's celebrated like it celebrated it. It's like 15th anniversary or something like that. Yeah, no fucking yeah. 2006, that movie. Because I remember watching that movie in college. So it must have been like 2007, 2008. Because like, I was kind of my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. How old is she? Yeah. Oh, old. man. 80s, yeah, that's right? Like, that's like early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Holy but, shit. Yeah. I think it's just like that. Well, like We'll probably get into it more with this filmography change. And adding what it added to this movie, but yeah, if, for me, it felt like it was. It just came out like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Go on, Alan. 
Oh yeah, no. The only reason I remember it was that long ago was because I was I went to see it with some college friends, and that was a long time ago. That, that like I don't even talk to those people anymore. But I remember I went to go see it because there was another buddy of mine in that group who was a big film buff, as well as I. But we were really excited for we were really excited to watch it because it looked like it was going to be taken, but with wolves. Yeah. That's that, what they made exactly, it seem like. Exactly like I said, it was advertised in that way. And I remember when, when I went to go see it, I was kind of like, I was kind of into it. I was like, okay, I like the themes. I like, I like the the philosophy behind all this stuff. I love, I, I think Liam Neeson's character was my favorite. I loved his story. I love the flashbacks that revolved around him mm-hmm. and him and his wife. I was very upset by the, by the ending. Because I mean, at the time, again, it was, it it was hyping up this big showdown of like you know Liam Neeson. Like I, I kind of imagine Liam Neeson being this like old man Logan, mm-hmm. this Irish old man Logan <laughs> versus a bunch of wolves with like alcohol bottles on his like fists. And I was like, that's what I want to fucking see. Like that just sounds so badass. It, this movie felt like a slow burn to that big battle, and then <laughs> credits. Yeah, and then. Let me tell you what made me even more upset about it. There's a fucking post credits. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask. I you didn't guys see the post credits. Nobody fucking knew there was I a post credits. I knew. I knew. I was gonna yeah, ask you, you guys. Knew, watch it. But all of us back in the year of our Lord twenty fucking twelve, like you know, the, the far off year of, of of like you know what was that like twelve years ago? I was like, okay, you know who's doing post credits right now? Marvel, and that's it. Yeah. No one else mm-hmm. is doing them. They're like, okay, we just saw Iron Man two. And I think Avengers had just come out at the time. So we're, mm-hmm. now Avengers hadn't even come out yet. No, 2012. Avengers. Yeah, 2012. So it was before, it was, yeah, it was months before Avengers. Yeah, Avengers come like, May or something. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, so at the time you're like, okay, no one else is doing this. And especially with that type of film, you don't think there's going to be a post-credits. You're just like, And I only oh. knew because I worked at the theater. So I saw, like, I knew there was a post-credits. And I was like, what the fuck is this, you know? It's like so what's his post credits? Oh yeah, oh, I, I never saw the, the post credits. Did you yeah. guys not see it? No, I've never seen no, it. Well, I, I, I can I, tell I, you what I, it is. Yeah, you know what yeah, it is? yeah. It, it's fucking more open ended, right? It is. It is open ended, but it. Um, so it's you see, um, like a wolf, just kind of like the side of a wolf, just kind of breathing, and like re and like so it's like so that you could take that a couple ways. You could take that as like this wolf has killed Liam Neeson and now it's chilling, or you could take it as like this wolf is dying because that shot mirrors the shot from mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie where Liam Neeson kills the wolf and he puts his hand on it and you see it's like breathing and slowly stopping. So it could be a so like what I think is that it's a speci- it's specifically mirroring that shot because it's referencing the fact that Liam Neeson killed that wolf, but um and so it's, he killed this wolf too. That's you know hypothetical and like what the movie the movie is kind of like you know what. Hey, maybe he did do that. Like, we're going to throw this shot in, and then it's going to kind of make you think that. But it's not going to give you a definitive thing, because that's kind of not the point. The point is kind of that Liam Neeson is, like, now fighting for his life, and he cares about his life when he was ready to just kill himself at the beginning of the movie. So it doesn't really matter. Like, it's like the end of Inception. It doesn't matter if he actually got back to his family. What matters is he, he like, you know, has kind of, like, he doesn't care anymore. He's, you know, back. So, like, I, that's the way I took it. Um, so what you're saying is 
the, the even the post credits ended on in a, like in a gray area. Yes, exactly. That's what the title is. <laughs> there you go. They did it. It's they more. It's, did it. They un inception inception with that. Like that sounds more ambiguous than than inception does. You know. Yeah. Legit, but but anyways, yeah. So so. Did I digress? So, so the whole post credits thing and all that stuff. Um, it was upsetting at the time when I had saw when I had seen it. I was like, okay. I kind of walked out of it. I remember being very vividly talking with my my buddy about it, and we were both kind of going, "Oh man, we were really hoping to see like just leave me some beat the shit out of wolves." But at the same time, like the more and more I thought about it, I was kind of like, "That was pretty good." Like if if you kind of take away all the bullshit kind of trailers and all the, the the marketing and stuff like that, if it was just marketed as like a, like a more of a film, like kind of a thriller, mm-hmm. I would have been okay with it because around the same time, I remember like around 2010 to like 2013, there was a couple of these like survival movies, kind of low budget kind of films where they maybe only had like one or two actors. Like uh, mm-hmm. there was a movie called Frozen, not not the Disney one. I know which one. It's got the the, the they're, it's they're like on a chairlift. The, yeah, they're on the chairlift, which is a, a pretty solid film itself, as well. And then there was that one with uh, Ryan Reynolds where he's uh, buried. Buried. There you go. Thank hate you. That movie. I never Sorry. saw that one, so so I don't know. But I remember I really liked Frozen, uh, and and it kind of made me think a little bit more. Where I was like, you know what? I'm kind of digging these like low budget, kind of more like ambiguous kind of more like survival philosophical type of thing because there, there's a lot of like like what would you do kind of thing like mm-hmm. it's like if you were in that situation what would you try and do you know like obviously they, they kept going into the line the, the lines and the wolf's den and all these things started to happen and, and it's kind of like well shit man like you're, you're kind of stuck there like what else can you do and then and i remember people me, me and my buddy at the time were talking that it was a very very atheistic movie which i was like you know what i kind of agree because there was a lot of the like especially with his like contemplation of suicide in the beginning of the movie where he's like you know he, he snipes the the wolf and he's writing the letter to his wife and he's like saying you know what i might, I might take my life or whatever and like it just kind of had this thing of like well what's the point and then you find out that she died of cancer and then now you're even now he's even more like who fucking cares kind of thing and i think so I think it might be the opposite of a well. I'm just going off of the fact that that Liam Neeson's a very devout Catholic, so I highly doubt that. I think it's more about like yeah, the, that that finding of faith because like Derek said at the end, where it's kind of like um, um, you know, he finds the the fight to to live on for especially mm-hmm. live on for his loved ones and stuff like that where at the beginning um you know and he says it in in his speech at the right after the last guy before him you know dies and and drowns in the water of like just like plea like saying to god like you know like essentially like i've fucking hated you and and all that and you've you've taken away everything from me but please dear you know please like just let something happen you know in in this instance and he's like pleading with god so i think yeah like you were saying maybe like the it it's a flow of like a of a uh atheist kind of like very view but kind of like finding that faith and that finding that will will to live 
by the end of it mm-hmm. and fight to live. Like, it's, yeah. It's really and interesting that too. you guys say that. Oh. Real, real fast before you go, I just wanted to say it's really interesting you guys say that because I was thinking about that scene a lot where he's just like yelling to God, like, you know, I'll believe in you forever. And like, you just, and you, there's, it keeps cutting that shot of you just see like the trees and like mostly an open sky and then just nothing. And I was thinking about that scene, how that scene really, it's like the end of the movie, it can be interpreted either way. It can be interpreted as a very mm-hmm. like, there's nothing there. There's not, there's no God. There's no one coming to help you. Or it can be interpreted like, this is like, you have to like you have to find the faith in yourself through God and like so really it can be interpreted as a very atheistic thing or as like a like a very you know Christian like you know God or you know the universe or whatever like telling you no like this is you you have to find the strength within yourself and do it yourself I'm not going to help you so or it could just be nothing and I I really like that you guys kind of took the opposite views on that because I didn't really fall mm-hmm. hard one way or the other I thought it was an interesting just like open-ended question and I really like you guys had the opposite views of that and I, I think that yeah I because and you just brought it up organically before I was gonna even mention it mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm I, just I, going off of that the fact that yeah like like <laughs> I highly doubt that Liam Neeson would would kind of choose that kind of direction or but you know what like like it says like it's a very ambiguous like the whole movie's mm-hmm. an ambiguous kind of thing but it's yeah it's a very ambiguous interpretation and I've heard that like yeah like um Liam Neeson kind of chooses his roles and stuff like that of like you know he has his own interpretation and he drives it that way so it's probably like where he's probably taking it from but i mean like you know with all types of entertainment and art it could be interpret it's it's the individual's um role to interpret it the way that they you know tend to do yeah yeah no and you're and you know what ariel i, I agree so much with that because i remember at the time i was pretty atheist now i'm more like a I'm more of a polytheist i'm kind of more like i, I have a lot of faith and a lot of believe I, I'm more spiritual, if anything. And I remember at the time that's how I felt about it, because he's like, you know, he's 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 crying out to God and everything. And, and the thing is, I remember going like, he seemed his character himself seemed very atheistic in, in the beginning, where he's like, you know, I'm ready to like take my life. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Where where it can also go is very nihilistic as well, where he's just like, what's the point? There's no point mm-hmm. to anything. If I take myself out, who's gonna care? But I will say this, though, the ending where he has the the alcohol Wolverine claws kind of thing, like he has this kind of like he's going to fight. But at the same time, you can interpret that as like, okay, now I have faith. Now I want to fight and I want to fight to live. But also, it's also an every earthlings kind of um, nature, like every animal on this planet, everyone always fights to survive because that's in their coding that's in their biology to be like, I still need to fight to survive because I mean, I'm not saying this is the purpose of life, but like, you know, psychology and biology and all this stuff that we've learned is that at the end of the day, when, when an animal's in danger, they either fight or flight, you know, they fly the fuck off to survive. So my interpretation at the end of the movie was that like, maybe it was atheistic or maybe it was, he had faith or he was just, going by basic earthling biology because we're all all the animals on this planet we all kind of think the same way at one point in time mm-hmm. we want to survive and we want to fight to survive and he's like i'm just going to do what's in my nature is to fight and survive against you know 
animal versus animal. It's a human versus a wolf. At the end of the day, we're all animals. It's just someone has one of us has a better brain than the other, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and with that whole thing, I really, I don't know, I like really like that, you know, because he is ready to like give it up. The beginning of the movie starts with him writing a suicide note and putting a gun in his mouth. It doesn't really come up again until the end, like when it's just him and the one other guy, like after Frank Grillo's died, he's kind of like confronting him about, you know, how he was going to commit suicide. And then, you know, he is in this situation where he has to like find the will to live. And what really sets this movie apart from pretty much every other survival movie is that he really doesn't have anything to live for. He's ready to die. He wants to kill himself at the beginning, but then a wolf howl just you know, for whatever reason is like, okay, not now. And then, you know, the wolves are again, are, then it's flipped and the wolves are trying to kill him and end his life. But, you know, and you see it with all the other characters. Everybody else has something to live for. You know, when James Badgedale is dying, he's like, think about like, who, who do you love? You know, and like, you know, when Dermot Mulraney dies and he sees his daughter, everybody's like got, you know, like a, you know, a sister or a wife or, you know, like a son or somebody to live for. And Liam Neeson, he just has nothing. His his parents are dead. His wife is dead. He doesn't have any kids. He's got nothing, you know. And so he, you know, he's like, he even says a few times, like, if I'm gone, you know, basically nobody would notice. And so his fight to survive, unlike, you know, like Everett, like a movie like Everest or like, like The Revenant, even when he's, you know, fighting for revenge, he's only fighting for himself he finds the will to live just to find a will to live just to like be like you know what i'm gonna like i didn't have i i'm live and die on this day i'm gonna persevere just for me not because i need to get back to anyone else or accomplish something or do whatever i'm going to live for the purpose of living and continuing and finding that spark and that like you know meaning within myself and that is such a like philosophical thing that really, you know, it, it's so cool that that's in a survival movie. And there's not really any other survival movies that hit that. Because everybody else, had, in, most, in all the other survival movies I can think of, there's always an external goal. It's not an internal thing like it manages to do with this film. Do you think it's also, like, to kind of, like, honor the, the men that, that were lost? You know, like, the ones along the way also or do you feel like it that's more of a contributing factor to that will to like keep himself alive like that like they're kind of like um you know their sacrifice is kind of like kind of providing to him i think he yeah he not necessarily like to keep their memory alive but he's kind of seen what they've gone through and their their journey and their will to live and that kind of maybe it's it's inspired him you Mm -hmm. know because they they refuse to give up and, you know, except for Frank Grillo, I guess. But he has kind of an opposite journey where he's kind of like in denial the whole movie and he kind of gets worn down. He's the only other character with a real arc where he starts off with this big, just like braggadocious guy. And he kind of like accepts reality and is like, you know what? I've got this broken leg. Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to kind of like sit here and like enjoy it. And it's interesting to see his arc in parallel with, you know, the arc of... um Liam Neeson, um, and then you find out the end, they both had the like, you know, their last interaction is finding out they both are named John, they have kind of have that moment, and like, that, I so I do think like, that they, they're like all their trials together has kind of given him inspiration to like, find the will to live within himself, so I don't think he's like, and you know, he is kind of like, you know he, carrying on their memories with the waltz and everything, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's 
It's a good question. <laughs> I feel like too, both of them being named John and then finding out very late in the game that they're both named John, John, it could be, again, begs the question. It could either be purely coincidence, if you want to see it in the nihilistic way, or a lot of there people is are named no John, coincidence. You know? There are a lot of people named John, so there really isn't or, any coincidence or serendipity. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, no, that's, 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 yeah. That's spot on. Yeah, yeah, but I do get that now thinking about it. Yeah, that, that kind of like opposite parallels of um of the two of them of essentially um Frank Frank Grillo's um character, you know, being from the beginning the essence of wanting to live, like he mm-hmm. to a point where yeah, it was like a somewhat naivety and also like aggression and stuff like that, and getting to the point where accepting death and and then you know, Liam Neeson's character coming from the opposite way of accepting death into fighting to live kind of thing. So, yeah, that that's that's an interesting, yeah, parallel, opposite way parallel. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really do think Joe Carnahan, the, this director, like, he, he does, like, take these films that, you know, like, we talked about Smoke and Aces on the podcast before. Um, and I just saw his movie Boss Level. It's another really good film. I even like the A Team. Um, and he just, you know, does kind of take these oh movies. My God, dude. I like the A Team. I forgot that was a movie. Yeah. I like the A Team. I did not see it. I just remember the trailers of them like, weren't they like carrying a tank or some shit from a helicopter? Yeah, yeah they yeah. essentially land yeah. a ta- with a, like in a tank. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, saw, yeah. I, saw that, I saw that commercial and I was like, I saw the movie. I don't yeah. need to go. Nah. You pretty much well, did. Yeah. <laughs> that's the well, that's the one time the, the trailers for his movies have been accurate. But um, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Like, he just kind of takes like yeah, he just kind of takes these films which, you know, you think they're gonna be one thing and they kind of like end up being another thing, um, like smoke and aces like this one. And I, I'm still salty about like because you know, the whole I was like you, Alan, where I had a very similar reaction where I was like waiting for like this big wolf fight climactic battle the whole time, then it just cuts to nothing. But then you start to think about it, and you're like, wow, that is kind of really powerful. And if the trailers hadn't promised you that, like, you're, you wouldn't be expect, like, you know, waiting for that final shot that doesn't actually exist. And so, I don't know. I think that that's why I wanted to talk about it as a really underrated film is because it is a movie that just got, like, you know, the wrong reputation because of the way it was marketed. And it really, you know, like, it just shows how, like, trailers and things like that can really affect the perception of a film. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and I, is, oh, oh, sorry. But real no, quick. I was like, just going to, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. It's late. <laughs> Very late. I yes. a, I'm drinking a lot of coffee before the podcast. I'm drinking a lot of whiskey before this. <laughs> go ahead. Somebody Alan. go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I was just going to say that um, I was going to say, yeah, like, um, damn, I think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was, yeah, essentially, I was going to, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Alan. I'm going to be real. I think I forgot what I was going to say. Too. <laughs> oh, real quick. Oh, I think I, um, I'm just going to say this for fast. Fuck it. I, I forgot what I was going to say, but I will say this, though. The marketing did work, though, for me, because 
it did make me go see the movie because mm. I was really excited for it. I was like, oh my God, it's old man Liam Neeson, it, almost like Logan. He's going to fuck up some wolves kind of thing. And if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have seen the movie. I think if they were like, it's going to be a thriller, like a a snow thriller kind of thing, I would have been like, yeah, maybe I'll see it. I'll wait for like TV or something. But Did you see The Revenant? I didn't. I guess you're right then. There you there go. You go. I, I did it because I'm not going to lie. The Revenant, I was like, uh, is he? Okay, two questions about The Revenant. Mm-hmm. First off, does is he like an actual revenant? Like, does he get brought back to life? No. And he's like a zombie. No. No. Okay. But Second his name question. does sound like huge ass. His name is Hugh Glass. So oh, okay. okay, that's a plus. But what, that has revenant. nothing to even relate to revenant. Like you just mm. like what is? <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say his name is like Hugh Revenant. Yeah, that's no, what it's I because thought. he gets he gets like Tom Hardy buries him in the ground and he's just like you're dead and then he's like. JK, I and he digs himself out of his grave, so that's why the revenant. I'm alive, old sport. <laughs> well, then it is the re- he is a revenant in a way. Yeah, he's exactly. in a way, Okay, in a way, in a way. he's yeah. not a literal. Because I'm thinking of like like Mortal Kombat, like Eleven, where like there's all these characters that died in the previous games and they came back and they're all like zombified, but they're like we're revenants, and then that's the way of them bringing them back to back to life. But anyways, second well, yeah. question: does he too. does he actually get raped by a bear? Not rape, he's but like mauled. attacked. Like yeah, a bear, he gets like, mauled by a bear. Okay. Why did you the think only... what? Oh, no, no, no. Let me fucking tell you why. Because all I fucking heard about that movie, all I heard, and this word was used explicitly every time, was that they were saying, Leo DiCaprio gets raped by a bear. That's because it's the fucking movie. it's the tr- fucking people on Twitter just like, oh, did you see that? No, no, no. But it it's was because like, so it's an aggressive, explicit. aggressive scene. But yeah, I I, okay, that's fine. I, but what bothered me is nobody said he gets mauled by a bear. They go, Leo DiCaprio was sexually assaulted <laughs> by a bear, and I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck are yeah, you no, talking? Yeah, that would be a why. Why do you very think he different won the movie Oscar? that I would not watch? I'm, I'm, I'm like, not gonna lie. I, I would have seen it. I would have been like, "Why is this bear so fucking pissed that he has to not kill him, not maul him, not eat him?" He's like, "I need to sexually assault." Well, it's a lady bear. She, she's, <laughs> she, she's like, uh, he goes in there, her cubs or something, so she like attacks him. Oh God! Okay, that's what actually happened. No, yeah, no, I No, I believe you. I believe you. Just, I just remember explicitly that year when the, when the Revenant came out. Everybody just kept saying that, and I was like, I hope you're fucking joking. That yeah. sounds absolutely terrifying. I've seen enough hentai in my day, but that sounds worse than all the hentai I've seen. I'm like, that's then, fucking scary. So I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes that you, because you, it, like, during the Oscar season, like, everybody was saying, like, oh, Leo had to, j- this is, like, this, it's like, Leo's been robbed so much that he's had to, like, do this, like, most intense thing and stuff like that which which spo- there's no spoiler um he, it's it's that he ate raw meat that's what, what the big like thing is that. but the thing is is that i'm sure so that in combination with this like wordage being used for you and then them saying like he had to do the unthinkable 
or to finally get his Oscars. You just made that connection of like, oh yes, man, like yes, you gotta, thank you. like he had a he had to get you, thank know, you. It, I, he yes. had to get it in the butt. You know, that's exactly Christ. it. That's exactly fucking it. Because they're like, he got the Oscar. So I was like, <laughs> God, my man's actually got raped by a bear in this film. So I was like, <laughs> so, oh my God, okay. Because I'm like Wolf of Wall Street. He he killed it. You know, Greg Gatsby, he killed it. Every movie he's been, Django and Chain. Every film yeah. he's been in the yeah. past decade, he, he's just amazing. But mm-hmm. they're like, Leo, we're going to give it to you because this bear me too, dude. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. And I was like, I it- guess I guess that's what you get. And then he's like, there's that clip of him on YouTube where like he's getting the Oscar and it's oh, getting great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "You do this often?" And then, and then the lady's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Cause I don't." So I, I was this just is my like, first oh my time. God. No, I thought I thought it was. <laughs> he, he, she's like making it, and he's he's like, "You do this?" She's like, "Every year," and she's like, "Oh, I wouldn't know." I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. when everybody tries to give like Leo DiCaprio like flack for like, oh, he took a picture like a selfie with his Oscar. Like that's not true. True, like um, sportsman. Like I'm like this motherfucker has been waiting twenty years. Yeah. Like for this. Anybody would be like Gilbert that. Gilbert Grape. Like he's he's yeah. It, every movie he's in. Like fucking give him an Oscar. He's, he's just a yeah. fucking. He's just so good. Like if any yes. actor, if any actor is underrated, it's fucking Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, he no, for sure. Every time, every mm-hmm. time, like, like any I mean, film I've seen where he, like he's gonna show up, topic, I'm like, yeah. Getting back on topic, <laughs> Liam Neeson yeah. only had to be in black and white to win an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did. He was pretty good in that movie. I gotta I know say, he he was, I'm was, just was pretty legit. I'm just kidding. Uh, he just had to make a list. That was it. <laughs> he just had to make, he a, just list. Had to make a list. That was all that happened. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio had to get sexually assaulted by a bear. <laughs> I fucking get. <laughs> but anyways, the great was a really good film. Yes, yes, we can all agree. Underrated film. It was a like, great Leo underrated DiCaprio. film. I was gonna actor. say. I remember what I was gonna say. I was gonna say right, essentially, yes, like I, I am gonna have to go back and watch this movie because, yeah, I, I like looking back at, at what it, what it really is and the philosophicalness of it. Like, yeah, definitely have to get go back and rewatch mm-hmm. this movie. It, it is a, it is a film that benefits from a rewatch for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You have this whole. It's you know, like those those movies that where you get more context for the film and it really. Helps a lot, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I, I love you know when a film that is just you know kind of just a big block, but not like it was a huge block. It was Buster. It was only, but you know it has Liam Neeson and it is like a big you know a lot of big names and uh, you know is marketed as an action movie. When you have are able to put in philosophical themes and mo- do it more than just kind of like lip service, like when it really that like, really is about like these kind of um, you know, themes about like death and the meaning of life and wanting to pursue pursue life and you know whether or not God exists and all this stuff. Just managed to be in a movie about running away from wolves, and that's fucking incredible to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like I think it, it, like we've been saying this whole episode. It kind of like had a bad rap because you know Liam Neeson's even to till today continuing of like this action like just you know shoot not shoot them up but blowing explosions like 
like you know on the cusp of Michael Bay kind of situations and 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 Jason Bourne and all that um it kind of yeah like it gets lost even watching it like it kind of gets lost and you don't you have to like it's essentially when you stop and think about it that you get that philosophical feeling of it um I do want to ask like how do you guys feel of like do you want like Liam Neeson like go back to like maybe doing some classical movies or you think oh he's having the time of his life just let him let him keep on going keep on trucking um i got the answer right away i want liam neeson to do improvisational comedy <laughs> i want to do situational comedy end <laughs> up comedy that's a good list alan yeah that's a good list but you know what steven spielberg picked liam neeson <laughs> he was so good at making lists but yeah, for anybody who doesn't get the joke, go watch Life's Too Short. Look up the Lee and Mesa scene on YouTube. It's fucking great. We um, talked to it on this yeah, podcast yeah, we, before, yeah. right? What was it on? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember what episode what we talked about. Well, well, I hope, no, I we hope talked about that. But oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, what episode like, of ours? Yeah. 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 I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I hope the listeners were paying attention and I hope they liked the, the in joke, the callback. So, <laughs> The callback, the callback. This is canon to the to yeah. the the cinematic um, uh, undercast the company under- universe. Yeah, this yeah. this yeah. this and uh, the fact that we're gonna cover it next week: Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. That's our other. I'm fucking <laughs> we, yeah. I'll review that movie every single time. But anyway, <laughs> uh, shit. I had a oh oh actually. Uh, I, to answer your question, I actually like both. I, I, I'm, I'm mm. down with both serious Liam Neeson and I'm down with like actually Liam Neeson. It, it's it just yeah. it makes it more versatile. Yeah. No. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, I would, I would, I would really like a, a you know, like a tor- a return, just one, because I still, I love Liam Neeson's like more serious stuff, um, and you know, just but he's having the time of his life, so I shouldn't. Yeah. And he, he's the one who like kickstarted this like every guy over every male actor over fifty That's needs to be true. in an action movie now. Like, yeah. Like, and we but he's Bob like the OG. Odenkirk. He actually, paved the way the for Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, there you go. I want to see. Really I want to see nobody. Did. I'm excited. Yeah, for that. It's, I've heard good things. Like that's. Yeah, I'm usually not a fan of these kind of movies. Odenkirk. Other than, but yeah, like you know, like every he'll do like movies like unknown that are just kind of like fun like this and forgettable, but like you know, but where they're just like action movies. But yeah, I want to see both. Like Alan, like. But he doesn't do a lot of these anymore. Um, I get like you know where it's just kind of these philosophical movies. And but I think he hasn't retired. He said he was going to retire. He hasn't retired though. Yeah, just like keep keep you know making you know like just uh, make both you know like mm-hmm. do do like do he's like you know just do like one for one for me one for you like you know do mm-hmm. do you know do oh, like yeah. another you know, taken and then do another that Marksman yeah. movie, which is essentially this. My my dad watched it. It's a dad movie. Man, he has no. He's been, he's he's on full full throttle with these movies. I think. Oh yeah. Let, let me yeah. let me ask the question though, real fast. So we're talking about serious Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite action Liam Neeson? And this goes for the listeners as well. Hmm. I mean, it's hard think- to beat Taken One. Like taking the one, is, yeah. There's a reason one... that launched the genre, mm-hmm. like of old mm-hmm. dudes being like. That's why everybody imitates that movie. 
Like, I mean, it's it's Tricking One isn't perfect, but like, it's kind of like the quintessential version of that film, and that's why it you know became such a hit and made so many imitators and bad sequels. Yeah, yeah, I think Taken One kind of like was that kind of Renaissance movie um, for him, especially you know because up until that point we had you know Schindler um, making his list, so. And and so, you know he was a Jedi. He was he got kind of the no, best no, You spoiled my answer. You I stepped on it. Oh yeah. I was gonna say because no well worries, that one no it's worries. both. He's both. That's why he's a perfect person to play a Jedi is because mm-hmm. he is both a badass and philosophical. That's what Jedi's are. They're warrior monks. Hey hey yeah. He created. I was he gonna hit the, the audience, man. I was gonna he hit created the, the Jedi order that I I followed. But he he created that J- gray order. He's a follower. Of gray order. Yeah. That, that was gonna be my answer. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yeah, that was my answer right there. I, w- I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna hit the audience with the, with the, with with, with the the mix up." But yeah, for me, start like I'm not gonna lie. That's the first time I ever saw Liam Neeson. Me too. Me too. Like, I was like, and I immediately, oh, yeah. immediately yeah. fell in love with him. I bought or my dad bought me his toy lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that was the first toy lightsaber I had was Liam Neeson's lightsaber. Uh, from Phantom Menace, like I was like, and and you know it's it's so stupid, but I was like, okay, I've seen four, five, and six of Star Wars, and I was like, they've only made one episode one yet. Mm-hmm. In my fucking heart of hearts, I was like, they're gonna bring them back. They're gonna bring them back somehow, and they never did through one, two, three. But in my heart of hearts, I was like, I wish they brought Qui Gon. Qui Gon was like hands down. My Dude. favorite fucking Jedi. Mm-hmm. When I was you got a chance. Kid. You got a chance. I think now. we might be seeing him. Well, he he Kenobi. Up, he did. Yes, he's gonna. Hopefully, shows up in Kenobi, and he did show up in Clone Wars. Okay. There's an episode of Clone. There are two episodes of Clone Wars actually, where like Anakin and Obi Wan, they and Ahsoka end up on this like. They 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 kind of end up in this like pocket universe or some shit, mm-hmm. and they meet like gods that are essentially like the light side. Mm-hmm. And the dark side of the force, and then there's like somebody in the middle that's like the father of the light and the dark side. It's fucking weird. But <laughs> like Obi-Wan like needs like guidance and shit. And like Liam Neeson actually shows up as Qui-Gon and he's like, You're good, dog. <laughs> Obi-Wan's like, Oh my god, it's Liam Neeson. <laughs> of that breaks <laughs> canon though, but yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it breaks canon. Uh, canon. It's totally canon. Yeah. Clone Wars, the the, the CGI Clone Wars, not uh, Gendi Tardavosky's The Clone Wars. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But we we don't have to get into the lore. But no, I think, yeah, he'll come back. He has to come back because that's the whole, like like I said, at the end of three, at the end of, of episode three, he like, he's like, Qui Gon's going to teach me the. The ways Qui-Gon of... is the first force boat ghost. Ghost curse, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I did think there. Okay, I did think of one more where he's he the is... Rise of Skywalker too. Yeah, there. But I did think of one more where he is once again a badass and like a philosophical guy who's just like, hmm. And that is my fucking boy, Raj Al Ghul. When he oh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Oh my god. They say Raj in the fucking Batman Begins movie. All right. Yes. No, 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 no. No, you're not. Yeah. When you're not in the league, you say Raz. But if you're in the league, if you're in the nose, oh my god. Please stop. You sound like one of those people. Like it's not manga. It's manga technically. No, no, no. Okay. 
uh, fuck the manga manga thing, but no, it's Raish. I grew up even in Batman the Animated Series as a kid. They like somebody even says, "Oh hey, it's Raza Ghoul," and then Talia's like, "Shut the fuck up, it's Raish." And I was like, okay. "Yeah." Well, as I was Raish Al Ghoul, he's fucking incredible as being like, he's like, he's great. He's like, well, Bruce, have you thought about economics and how we could use that to destroy Gotham City? And now I'm going to fucking fight you on a train. I'm just like, I'm here for this. Let's fucking go. Let's do this all day long. I've been wanting to rewatch the trilogy, you know, so much. Like, I uh, fucking love I've, Batman Begins. I fucking that's the thing. love can we, can we have a? Can we just have like a, like one of our Patreon Join our Patreon, please. Um, podcast is just us, like, yeah, like w- watching and discussing the trilogy. But, oh, yeah, we yeah. should do that. That's a good yeah. idea. I'll do, that'll I'll, be, I'll that'll do the trilogy. I'll, I, I will dick ride Batman Begins all day. I, I know. Love, I love yeah. the Dark Knight, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Dark Knight Rises is all right, but I love Batman Begins. I, love I, Batman. I, I you, Alan. Thank you. I truly Batman think like, it, it, we can justify. We could justify that it's an underrated. Yeah, we could talk the about three. Honestly, yeah, we really could talk about it on here. Let's let, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. thing. We define our own defines. Yeah. <laughs> definitions. Yeah, yeah. If it's an excuse to watch Batman, I'll fucking do it. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it, even though I do prefer you know other Batman like movies and stuff. But Batman Begins is hands down one of the fucking coolest like and underrated like um comic book films I've ever seen. We're gonna be like we're gonna be talking half the Batman movies we're gonna fucking talk about on this podcast. Fucking do it, man! You know, just, I think we could forever just Batman return. I secretly, I secretly Bat- have Superman. taken over this podcast every little by little. I'm like, let me fucking insert more Batman in this bitch all the time. Yeah, no, but I really, I do think that there's a justification for Batman Begins. No, I really, I really do think it is an underrated movie, honestly, because mm-hmm. everybody like, to, like, as and deservedly so. Like, The Dark Knight is a great film, but like, I think that Batman Begins really gets overshadowed. It's kind of like almost ignored because people like love to hate on The Dark Knight Rises, which I also think is a little unwarded. I get it, it has its issues. I, I like it. I like it. Um, but like, people love yeah, to hate fine. that movie. People like think that like The Dark Knight is like literally the greatest film of all time. And then nobody like ever talks about here. Batman Begins. Like nobody mm-hmm. fucking talks about that movie. Um, yeah, but I love yeah. it. I really we'll do. put it on the list. We'll like, put it on the list. I, put it on the list. What I understand is like I think it's the hype. I think because like mm-hmm. what happened was Batman Begins just started off really well. Liam Neeson, Christian Bale, everybody's like, okay. And what's hilarious enough is that people fucking hated Christian Bale's Batman. And Batman Begins, which I thought was so strange because all this hype came for the Dark Knight. And then when the Dark Knight came out, it fucking exploded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at all, all of a sudden, Dark Knight Rises came out and it got shat on. And I don't, like, I, and I actually like his voice in Batman Begins a lot better. I'll just say that. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of like yeah. trying it out and he doesn't do it when he's just by himself. Like it just feels more real, you know? Yeah, I, we'll, we could go into it. Yeah, like I don't, I really, I don't want to get into yeah, let, it because I do want to yeah. save it. We'll save it. Yeah. We'll save it. Let's, uh, yeah. let's keep it ambiguous, like the gray. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the ending. Yeah, we're just gonna cut to black, right? You know, as the you think the podcast is gonna be over, but we'll have a post credits <laughs> right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could do that. We could do that. <laughs> Maybe not on the audio podcast. Yeah, though, exactly. On the like video we'll podcast. If you want to see the sound, if you want to see that edit, um, if you want to see the gray edit, um, 
go over to go watch our you if you're listening right now on on our app on our you know podcasting apps um go to youtube.com um undercast company and and you can see the gray edit i'll I'll make the gray edit ariel i have a great recommendation (laughs) yeah for the post for this i have a great i have two great recommendations but you guys are gonna have to listen this is like post credit scene, just to let you know what we're Free talking in the post credit scene. Pre and post. Okay. All right, what's, guys. Well, what's the idea? I thought you said. Are we? Are we? What are we doing? Though? I don't even know what the fuck is happening right now. They have to we're, listen for it. I'll tell you guys when we finish. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll I'll start to wrap up. Uh, thank you, guys, everybody out there for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, we talk about a new movie every two weeks, um, and we're on all your favorite devices and YouTube. Uh, give us a rating of five stars. It really helps us get noticed and helps the show out a lot. And if you uh, you like us a lot, then go ahead and uh, check out our Patreon. And you know, it's only a buck a month if you want to subscribe to that. We, you know, come out every time we, we hit one of our goals. We do a new Patreon exclusive episode. Uh, check out. We got a couple other podcasts, including Ariel's podcast. You've never seen where. She introduces us to a movie that one of us should have seen by now, or my podcast, Gateway Episodes, where I introduce somebody to a show, or they introduce me to a show via an iconic episode. And uh, and so, also, real quick, just yeah, to, yeah. just to kind of uh, say it out there, uh, I've been a guest on Los Muchachos Media uh, over on Instagram. I've, I've done a couple episodes with them every now and again. It just kind of like a, kind of summoned me every now and again. To kind of jump on doing a couple episodes for I think we did WandaVision, we did Godzilla vs. Kong, and then we also did a couple episodes for um uh Bucky and the Winter Soldier Bucky and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, okay, the Winter Soldier. And yeah, so just go ahead and check them out at Los Muchachos Media. Yeah, yeah. So that, with, that's with our with our old old Powell uh, Fred. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, uh, definitely check out Alan on that podcast and uh everything else that we do. Um but with that, I will say uh, uh, see you guys in another life. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Take it easy, y'all. All right. Post credits. Go. Okay. Post credits is going to be the intro credits and the post credits. It's going to be Liam Neeson uh, from Star Wars. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> Put it, <laughs> so, put it in the beginning and then you're going to put it at the end and, because they're going to be waiting. They're gonna be like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then at the end, they're going to wait for it. Give like five seconds of like silence. And then just the... like judge. Okay. Oh, a uh, cobra fish. And then just there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> I think I'm going to put this then, part as the post credit. This is good. Yeah. <laughs>